Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen. We've got a special guest. We've got another hello to give. Hello to this podcast special guest star. Welcome back, Alyssa Marr. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Happy holidays and a belated happy birthday. It was just last week. Thank you. So now that you're older... (laughs) <laughs> now that you're older and wiser, you can join us and talk about all of the stupidity on Melrose. My ship has come in. <laughs> <laughs> all the bad now, Melrose stuff. Now, Karen and I are like semi-sour on these episodes, but I always ask you, and you're like, I thought it was kind of fun because it's newer to you. Yeah, I have not seen these. These are, I'm watching them for the first time, and I'm... Well, spoiler alert, this week's episode was terrible, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> I have some fun with it. I, I tend to like it more than Doug does, but, you know. Yeah, Doug finds it very frustrating right now. It yeah. is frustrating because, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but there's just so many characters with nothing to do. Well, that's yeah. exactly it. I mean, I mean, there it's just been like a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of the same, which is turning into a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. You know, like, so for this episode, we still have like Sam and Billy glaring at each other. You still have like Megan and Coop making eyes at each other and dealing with Lexi. You still like, you, do you know what I mean? It's just like this yeah. more of the same shit. And none of that shit was interesting to begin with. All correct. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's all of that. And, Um, like, I get that this ends up being, like, kind of a transitional point because it's just, like, playing some people's stories out because they're about to leave. And then, like, new storylines come in, and I guess I'll re-review my opinion on those new stories. But right now it's, like, like, no one's cooking with gas here. Everything is just, like, we're letting the flames simmer out. If we're seeing a cast, like if we're seeing some people, some cast members leave, are they actually bringing new people in to replace them? Um, not all of them. It's a it's a trimmer cast for season seven. Well, I get for the rest of season seven because I guess we've begun. Right. It. But um. Because we're still technically, even I though I think they only bring in, I think we lose like four or five people, and I think they only bring in one new player. I think it's a total oh, of like wow. eight, eight in the opening credits once. Uh, once like the shakeup takes place but uh we digress just before we forget to say it this is season seven episode three a marriage made in hell and there's actually a lot of attention devoted to the marriage that will take place in this episode i thought it was a match made in hell oh was it a match made in hell i thought Probably. it was i think it makes that's more right sense. Oh, okay because it's about a marriage a match made in hell thanks for the catch yes but there is a marriage and that was made in hell too actually the whole thing was hell (laughs) who are we kidding the whole thing was hell oh i guess that's referring to what's her name i can never remember her name lexi lexi i never can remember her name i'm having the hardest time with the names right now she's so useless i don't i don't know why they even had to bring her in and she's been a different character three times throughout her course of her You'll see another character before the series is over. Wait, she plays another character? Like, her personality. The way they write her. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wait. And I'm like, going. Because they've done that. Before, not they, have, they have <laughs> cast and then recast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. You know, I struggle with her because Ken Hart loves her. And he did. He, to him. And, and he's, he's Melrose Guru. Um, and he, and he really felt like she was like the savior of the season. Right. I don't see it though. No, I don't either. And I think she can only do so much with what she's given. And last week I saw like a glimmer of that. But not Um, this week. Well, it doesn't help that this storyline makes absolutely no sense. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So she is. Yeah. Okay, I, we should just go. Yeah. Can I ask one question? I asked Doug like four hundred times. Yeah. I might be jumping the gun here, but <laughs> if this money exists and the IRS is like garnishing your accounts and going into your 
personal accounts, why don't they just take the money directly? I don't know because it I guess technically no it doesn't sense. belong to her. Right? So technically it doesn't belong to her. It's sitting in an escrow account somewhere, I Yeah, assume. I think it's technically like the money isn't hers and the money isn't the company's. So maybe it's not that simple, but they've not, you know, clearly explained why this explanation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter because they don't care whether it's like legal or not legal. <laughs> you know, they just don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, is that where we pick up? Well, oh, yeah, yeah sort of, because we start with Megan's Coop and dream. Megan. Megan's having this dream, which looks... So that's the second dream sequence we've started with, because the week before we started with... Uh, or maybe it was two weeks before when Taylor is having that vision of oh, when she yeah, was rescued by Michael. That Michael. Yeah, that yeah. Michael rescued her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got to tell you, I am like so sick of of these dream sequences. They're really overusing them. They are, absolutely. And so that's how we begin. It's Coop and Megan are getting married. And it looks like something straight out of Nightmare on Elm Street. They're in some, like, gross-looking church. And the music changes. And, and Lexi shows up in, like, her prison blues. <gasps> and she's, like, telling them they can't get married because she needs the money. And then these men wheel in. Uh, I'm Not, like, an electric chair, but something they're going to fasten her to to, like, give her a lethal injection. Um... And Megan and Coop, like, continue with their vows. And finally, like, they're about to put the needle in Lexi and Megan wakes up. And this is one of, like, the first of three or four times in the episode where she and Coop are talking about how, like, badly Megan feels for Lexi and how unfair it is that she's got to deal with her father's, like, sins. And she's like, we shouldn't turn our back on her. And Coop is like, yeah, leave it alone. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> Which, Megan, you want to keep Coop? Listen to Coop. I did love that line where they were like, you, they don't execute you for tax evasion. <laughs> yes, I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And th this is the thing that I didn't understand. Why does Megan give a shit? Like, that was my whole thing when I was watching this. She's so like, oh, poor Lexi. Oh, poor Lexi. Oh, what are we going to do about Lexi? And I was kind of like, who cares? What are you going to yeah, do it's about like, Lexi? It's, it's too, not your, it it's not your monkeys. Yeah. yeah, like Lexi's not your monkey. You don't have to worry about this. No, exactly. Well, Megan's always sort of like, I've called her the moral compass of the mm -hmm. show. Like, she's the only one that really cares about people to a fault. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess there's the moral compass, but then there's also like... Like, this is, like, a bridge too far, right? Yeah, like, it's one thing when she's, like, trying to straighten out Michael and his misdeeds. And it's another thing when it's, like, Lexi, who's essentially a stranger for her, and she's like, I'm going to sacrifice my love for this poor little rich girl who's gotten caught up in some scheme. Like, you, it's nice to have a heart of gold, but that will only get you so far on Melrose Place. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, like, okay, feel bad for her. I don't know. I just kind of, it just kind of rings very untrue to me. Yeah, it's because it's sort of like they just need her to, to be doing something right now with this dumb sort of triangle that came out of, like, the blue. Yeah, like, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, because, you know, they, I guess, and I guess they're not making Coop the, the bad guy anymore, you know, so they're going to make it as, like, you know. With, like, Megan one odd, thing. with one odd exception, I'll say at the end, yes, he's basically been, like, an upstanding guy now. Right. I don't know. Yeah, this whole this whole storyline has got like me twisted. I'm I, I'm it's making me angry. Yeah, and Coop is one of those characters. Doug, I think I've said this to you. It's like I don't know why they brought him in in the first place. If they wanted to keep the Kimberly thing going, mm -hmm. which was kind of interesting, but that lasted a quarter of a season, and then they've had nothing to do with him. Well. I mean, I guess, I guess it was Michael's foil for a while. 
Yeah, I think there was potential where he came in and then he had a secret. And finally, we learned he had been with Kimberly when she was off the show. And now he came in and he was going to be like wreaking hell on Michael's life. And then not only did he try and do that, but then he ended up taking Michael's latest wife. So there was potential there. But once Coop seemed to genuinely be like a good guy and Megan seemed to genuinely just be like happy with him, there's not much else to, to do there. We're kind of like in Jane and Michael territory at the beginning. At the beginning? Two, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when Jane and Michael were at the beginning and they were like this solid couple and you just couldn't do much with that. Right. I mean, even like that whole storyline that we just concluded with uh, Coop interviewing for that job and mm-hmm. Megan's past potentially coming back to haunt them. That's still like they they're completely segregated from the rest of the action on the show. Like, this wasn't a storyline that involved other people. This was like, this is the way you could have just written them out. And they didn't. They're still here, but they still don't have a lot to do. And it's, the other (laughs) thing is like. We could have sent them to PA and been done We could have just had like, we rondered them all the way to the East Coast. And so we can't talk about them ever again. But, um, uh, but the other thing is, okay, so now Lexi is part of this storyline. It's like the three most recent additions to to the show without any real connection to anyone who has been on longer. We're not talking about Michael here. Um, we're not dealing with anyone else who's been on the show longer. So it's kind of like, who cares about these like new additions? Not me. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what else? Oh, go I ahead. Like Michael is usually like Michael is usually the outlier. You know, his, yeah. his storyline was usually the one that lifted right from everyone else. Like, when was the last time Michael had a scene with, like, Billy or Amanda? That's a good point. It's I can't remember the last... Well, that's the weird thing, too. We'll get to this, but Michael and Amanda are in the same space in a scene later this episode, and they don't even interact. And I'm going to say that Michael was at Billy's bachelor party? But I may be wrong. I just remember that Craig was there. Remember Craig? Yes, Craig. Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so we're moving on. Um, so here's another uh, there, story there that two, I think is dumb. There were two, right? <laughs> yeah, but there were two cold opens, right? Like, it was, like, back-to-back yeah, yeah. different scenes mm-hmm. of the cold open. So we have yeah, we haven't even gotten to the open. credits yet. Yeah. Yeah, and this was stupid, too. Yeah. I mean, I so this is, so not only has Peter had the revelation, he's still in love with Amanda. Now he has to tell Amanda because he's under the impression that Amanda and Kyle are donezo and that they're coming back divorced from the Dominican Republic. Uh, so he's waiting at her apartment with flowers. And luckily for him, even though she and Kyle have returned back, Kyle's like parking the car or getting the bags out of the car or something. So Amanda's walking to their apartment first. So she's alone. So Peter can lay it all out for her and say that he loves her and that they're meant to be together. And boy, does and, he. That was an info dump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he I says it all. I've up with Lexi and I'm in love with you. Boom. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she, who, remember, has just married Rory, almost died because of Rory, and witnessed Rory's death. Um, (laughs) So she's back, and she's like, oh, okay, this is where we are? Okay, well, no, I'm not the love of your life, and I'm not divorced from Kyle. I've remarried Kyle. Uh, And then Kyle walks in. They remarried, we didn't see it. Yeah, we, we saw her like, that, correct? no, we didn't see it. So she like yeah. recommitted okay. to him out of nowhere at the tail end of the last episode. And now in the interim, now that they've come back to LA, they have like since remarried in Dominican Republic. Um, so they're coming back newly married for the second time. Again, we didn't see it. And, uh, and, and now Peter is pledging his eternal love to Amanda, who's not having it. And that's when Kyle yeah. walks back in. Yeah, and so basically, Amanda, Amanda's like, you lose, buddy. And Kyle comes in, and he looks, I guess he looks a little suspicious, and then he's like, we'll see you at the uh, the, the reception on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at Kyle's, yeah. And at, at Kyle's, at, at upstairs, at the jazz club. And then Peter's like, great, great, great. And they go upstairs, and he chucks the flowers and, like, the... 
on the yeah. sidewalk and he leaves. Yeah, he like yeah, he throws the flowers to the wall and like walks away. Poor um, Peter. Poor Peter, who I will never ever sympathize with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, then we come back from the credits, and superstar saxophonist Dave Cause is listed as a special guest, <laughs> and we're going to get a lot of him. Um, but before we go, I don't even know who that is. He's like second only to like Kenny G in terms of like a, a famous like jazz musician. He had like had singles no of jazz was. songs through the '90s. Um, I want to say he had also been a guest star on 90210 but I could be wrong. Absolutely no idea who this guy was. Well, they yeah, he actually, him, so they actually has like him. quite the following. Yeah. They did make the most <laughs> of him. Um, and I'm pretty sure I listen. I have seen him in at least one Hallmark movie later on too. Oh, okay. Yes. Where he got pretty high billing in that one too. Yeah. Whoever this negotiates for him. I have no well. idea who this guy is. Like, I have no idea who he is. There's no yeah. reason you should. There's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the type of jazz I normally listen to. No, it's like, you know, commercial jazz. Like, they make music videos yeah. for it, but no one ever, like, knows why. Um, like, I expected, I to like, Fabio to kind of, like, come out and sort of, like, walk across the jazz club with, like, fans blowing his hair. Like, it's that kind of music. Yeah, and very kind of, like, 90s up-tempo, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, I don't it, mean it, to sound that dismissive because I love the sax and I'll give credit to anyone who can play the sax and make millions off of it. So good for him. I love the sax too, just not that sax. But yeah, good for him that he's making the money. But I have no idea who he is, so I find this whole thing fascinating. Well, consider yourself enlightened. Um, okay. Less enlightened, perhaps, is Michael Mancini, who <laughs> comes in. So we see Taylor in the hospital. She's there for a checkup. Um, Michael comes in and then the OBGYN comes in and Michael has been like playing coy. He's like, mm, Taylor's a friend and I'm just here to keep her company. And then Taylor is like, yeah, he's the baby daddy. <laughs> I know. He's, he's like, I'm just here. here. And she's it's like, he's kid. a dad. And the whole thing. And, then, and then Mike, and Michael's like, don't, don't, don't spread that around the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, oh, like, you have this sterling rep after all these years? I mean, your 18 wives and your 19 suspensions, oh, yeah. everyone's on to you. I said to Doug, I said to Doug, don't worry, you're not married at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that that was really, I don't know, again, another storyline I'm just not enjoying. Although, Lisa Rinna's doing her damnedest. She is. And I mean, really I is. like this new version of Taylor, which is like seen the light and is positive and is not like not really scheming or at least not scheming right. to ruin lives. Um, again, yeah, I mean, I really like that. Michael. She's a good foil for Michael, but I just don't like I don't like what they're doing with Michael. I yeah, would, they're like, not. I would love I mean, it if they were like, be a player. But this whole like, I don't like my kid thing that he's doing and that sort of like arm's length and I'll give you money, but I don't want to be a dad. Like, I think that that's just a little too much. And that's, that's basically what the entire episode is. It's Michael being blase about not wanting to be in this new son's life and not being moved by, you know, the onset of parenthood and all that stuff. And Taylor keeps doing her damnedest to like, to like wake that side of him. And he just keeps playing it down. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid. And we're not done. I mean, just within this episode. Um, But before that, we have to go to more stupid. So Jeff, Sam's boyfriend, is, you know, he's like coaching high schoolers now. And he's talking to one student who I guess has really bad grades. And he's like, you've got to get your average up or else you can't play. And he's like, oh, come on, coach. But Alyssa recognized this actor. Right? Isn't that the one? I did. His name was Nick Spano. And I I knew him from... Even Stevens, he was Shia LaBeouf and um, Christy Carlton Romano's older brother. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like, I know that guy. Interesting. I know the name. Yeah, the name rings a bell with me too. When you miss it. Definitely know the name, but don't know the guy. Um, and then uh, Sam shows up. Not... Yeah. Sam shows up and she apologizes for having been like uh, just, you know, like the last episode, she was like, well, just because I'm over Billy doesn't mean that I want to, like, 
commit to you and get married immediately. And so now she's coming to apologize. She's like, my emotions are all over the place. Please love me. So he like forgives her. But as we'll find out, she's really not over this unclean break yet. Um, so more to come also, on that. Also, I cannot let this scene go without acknowledging. Oh, the clothes? Her outfit, her outfit and hair in this scene. Did you catch it, Karen? I did not catch it. It she starts with the pigtails. <laughs> She's wearing pigtails and she has this like, I don't know, like shift, long sleeve white shift dress on with like flowers. It's terrible. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, and just to say, Nick Spano, I know him from Gia. Oh, played, okay. He played Angela Angelina Jolie's brother in Gia. Gotcha. Which I actually loved. But anyway. Yeah, I do like that. Um, yeah, so then we go to the jazz club and Lexi's drunk. Yeah, Lexi has been bailed out by Peter. So yes, she's the, right. like, and started drinking immediately. And because Megan is working there, Megan has another scene to, like, feel bad for Lexi. And she goes over to her. And the best part about this, for me at least, is Lexi is, you know, full of self-pity. And she's like, my new name is my prison ID. 26401 is my new name. <laughs> which, which, you know what's funny, in addition to the fact that she delivers that straight-faced, is that that's got to be a pun on Jean Valjean and Les Miserables, whose prison number was 24601. <laughs> Fa- oh, famously, God. you know who Les Mis. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So Coop shows up, yeah. and, and Megan's like, you've got to drive Lexi home, please. And Coop is like, Okay, fine. And then, oh, this was a great line. I don't remember when she said it, but Lexi was like, talk is cheap. Too bad my taxes aren't. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's kind of good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like the, there's like, there's somebody who's campy in the writer's room, but they're not letting that person take the wheel. And I think they're really, and I think they're probably like the most junior person, and because that's who's assigned probably to the Lexi storyline. Yeah, like no one else is really getting lines like these. Yes, I think there's like someone who knows what they're doing gets to peek out every now and then, but not often. Yeah, because there have been some zingers in this episode. Like I kept on like laughing and writing down lines, even though they're terrible storylines. So there's somebody in the writer's room that's quite good, but yeah. they're they they definitely don't have the wheel of these episodes because the whole the whole things are they're all terrible. Yeah, that's yeah, I think that's a hundred percent right. But yeah, Megan is like looking out for Lexi. She tries to give her coffee to sober her up, and Coop is like, Stop looking out for her. And then finally that's when uh I think Megan is like, Coop, you're going to have to drive her home. Yeah, and he does. Uh, So he does, and after they leave, uh, we see Amanda and Kyle walk in, and so Jennifer comes over to meet them because this is the first time she's seen them since they've come back, since they've been remarried. Um, And they, like, slightly clarify that happened a bit more in the scene. Um, And then Jennifer's like, look, I know you guys want to go home and be together tonight, but I've been closing up really late every night this week since you've been gone and I'm tired. So can you do it? And it's like, this is your boss. He's just come back from like rescuing his wife from near death. And they're remarried. Like maybe you just suck it up and stay up till 2 AM and then close and go home. But no, I mean, maybe, she gets to leave. but she gets to leave. Kyle's a good boss. Uh, yeah. I mean, for him, the club will always come first. Okay, and so then now we're we go to Lexi's. Yeah, and Coop has driven her home. And can I just did was it like why is she stripping in the kitchen? Yeah, this episode, I mean, this scene is all over the place because it's like I was never clear what the motivation was. Yeah, she literally starts taking her clothes off, but it's not a full seduction because she's kind of just like whining and also bullying him, and he doesn't give in. And so then like half dressed two thirds dressed she like finally just gives up and then she breaks down and Coop tries to like shut this down and he's like your dad 
was always manipulating you and now he's just trying to do it from beyond the grave and and she says like she doesn't have a friend in the world and cries on his shoulder and that's where we leave it for now so it's like oh so i guess maybe she's not going to push the the marriage thing anymore but i'm but i'm wrong to think that Then we're going to head on over to Burns Mancini Coop or whatever yeah. the hell the, the, the office is now, the medical office, where Michael is flirting with the receptionist. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. The new, yeah. Well, I don't know if she, I just, they're calling her the new secretary. So I don't know if she's full time or what. Um, And Peter like sees this happening, calls Michael in. He's like, because we don't need a sexual harassment lawsuit, Michael. Um, And then the conversation somehow turns around to, Peter being in love with Amanda again. So Michael teases him and Peter is like, shut up and go. Yeah. Again, pointless. I I just, you know, I think it was just to set up that he's Michael's flirting with the receptionist because she she comes back. Yeah. I think that's what it is. What was her name? Carrie. 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 Um, so then Lexi shows up at Megan and Coop's place and, she basically tells Megan she wants Megan to convince Coop to marry her, to marry Lexi mm-hmm. for the money. Whatever. Yeah. I guess she yeah, finally realizes that she has an ally in Megan. Yeah. And Megan doesn't really relent, but before Lexi leaves, but it seems to like be, be sinking into poor sympathetic Megan. So remind me now, because they, because I can't remember how much does Lexi owe to the feds? Is it five million or or the full ten million? I think it's five. Five million. It's five. I think it's. I think it's five million. I think it's five million, and the codicil was ten million, because when Peter broke it to Lexi, he was like, she was like, "Do you have five million? He's like, "No, but I know where you can get double that," and that's how he told her about the 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 codicil. so they get so five apiece. So she gets. So she'll take the money. She'll pay off the feds, and and then uh, Coop and Megan have five million dollars in yeah. in their pockets, which I mean, I guess for a year's work, not a bad deal. I mean, it's not the worst work to put in. No. Then we go back to Kyle's, and Peter is once again drowning his sorrows at the bar. Um, a couple things happened here that I was kind of with this within the sort of whole Kyle and Amanda storyline that I was wondering if Peter had his hands in, but I don't think that we're there yet. What do you mean? Um, But okay. So later on in the episode when, well, in this, okay. okay, I see. Okay. I I see what you're about to ask. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, in this particular scene, they sh- yeah, Kyle and Amanda show up to Kyle's. Um, I guess they're going to have dinner together or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter is there having a drink, and Amanda sends Kyle away to like check on their seat, their seats, or I don't know what it was, check on their table. And which I mean, Kyle owns the place; he can like plop his ass down at any table, right? But anyway, she sends him away, and and she basically is like, okay, you need to let this go, Peter, because I'm married to Kyle. Yeah. And they have like that conversation and it's and Peter seems to be like, no, okay, I'm just I'm very happy for you. I'm just very happy for you. And he but you know he's not really. And there's something going on, you know, in his little pea brain, um, to kind of try and break <laughs> them up. But but we don't so I'm kind of wondering if what happens in their next scenes is something that Peter planted, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to it. For now, I don't think it's anything he orchestrated, but uh, okay. it's possible. Okay. Well, that's coming uh, up. That question will be coming up after the next scene, which is at the beach house. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's basically it. Kyle, when he returns after Peter and Amanda have this conversation, he's like, kind of can tell something's off with Peter. And Amanda's like, don't know, but that's a problem between him and his shrink. Yes, and that's right. That's yeah. where we leave it. We, that that's where we leave it yeah. um and yeah then we go to the beach house where taylor and uh michael are talking about the baby and she's bubbly she's excited she's positive and he's not letting himself seem moved by any of it by the sonogram by the idea of it none of it which like we have like five scenes that communicate this over and over again in this episode <laughs> but now we are at kyle and amanda's reception i guess it's thursday 
if it's, it's Thursday, Thursday, it must be Kyle's. Here we are. Um, and so the funny thing that happened, like they're dancing or whatever. Um, I have a complaint about this scene, but before we get to that, I'll, I'll say what happens, which is, remember Mario, the cook, who was like often involved with like the Taylor stuff when, when she was still with Pete, like fooling around with Peter. Mario shows up and he's like, big problem. There's a famous food critic um, who's here and I'm choking in the kitchen. So Kyle, I need you, the groom at your reception to fill in. Um, and Peter overhears this and encourages this. So then like Kyle goes off and, um, and it's Peter and Amanda alone together again. So I get where your question comes from, but I think it's just sort of like a lucky coincidence that Peter like takes advantage of a little bit. Okay. All right. Just cause I don't see any signs that like he made a call and sent this food critic here, or he was pulling strings again. I could be wrong. I just don't get that from this episode. Well, because then... I'm sorry, Karen. Oh, I was just going to say, because then the food critic thing spirals into something Mm -hmm. else that serves to keep Amanda and Kyle apart, which we will see, which actually, you know, at the end of the episode. Um, And that's why I was a little like, when when all of that kept happening, I was a little like, huh. Because there are these, like, now... Once again, these barriers are being sort of, like, you know, put up between kyle and amanda and right now they seem like they're just kind of professional like it's it has to do with his professional career and like in his restaurants and obviously it's a work-related thing so you've got to take care of it but it still serves as a barrier between the two of them and i was like interesting i wonder if peter is doing that you know is, is puppet mastering that no, I mean, the old version of this show would have absolutely done that and let you know that by episode's end. It's possible that he is. I just don't see it. So I'm going to say no. Okay. But I've been okay. wrong before. Alyssa, what were you going to say? No, I was going to essentially say the same thing. Because the critic doesn't really matter in the end. I don't, I don't think Peter's involved. I think it was just dumb writing. Okay. Yeah, See, and Peter can I think be in... Peter... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like you yeah. move story along scene to scene, episode by episode, and have these people like have ulterior motives that you can eventually uh telegraph and then let us in on. But no, I don't I don't think this is an example of that. I mean but my I thing guess about... it kind of would have been stupid, but at the same time I was like, Oh, that would be an interesting twist to break them up. You know, but okay, anyway. It would be. That's that's why you may be the better writer, dear. Um, oh, thank you. My whole thing about this scene and like the storyline of they come back and have a wedding reception is, okay, the the show is at its best when all of our characters are somehow connected. When all of our characters are in a scene together, we have most of the characters on the canvas at this wedding reception. But we're visiting them all separately. We're seeing them all in, in like segmented scenes that don't have anything to do with each other, as opposed to like, you know, I was like, I haven't even seen Billy in this episode. Is he here? He works with Amanda. And like, eventually we see like Michael is here with Carrie, the new secretary. But they say an area thing to Kyle or Amanda or Peter. Um, well, I just think we're at the point now where everybody is is segmented. Period. So I guess what would what would bring them together in the first place? And we don't have Matt doing that either. So like, you <laughs> know, do you know what I mean? Like, why why would that? Because Amanda and Kyle. They are, but if you're going to have them in thing, the same you know? place, use that. Otherwise, just I know, have but it. But again, yeah, I I get that, but I kind of feel like they've been so separate. It, I kind yeah. of felt like, what would they say to each other? I was just well, going to say, like, well, I don't know, but. But Taylor is still working with Kyle and Taylor is at this wedding reception. And you're going to tell me after all the shit with fake dead Christine and Nick that we don't <laughs> even get any payoff of either Kyle or Amanda confronting them. I was going to ask about that. I was like, did he just give up about on Nick? Like, do we not care? Is that his name? Nick? Yeah. Nick. Is he, yeah. is he done? Is, or is he coming I back? Think that's it. I don't, I don't think we ever see him again. Jesus. Nobody cares about this. The poor woman that, got killed for no reason no nobody yeah, that's my takeaway yeah okay one thing though that bothered me in this episode is the one they keep amanda says something about it and like the whole episode is built that's like kyle and amanda finally 
overcame the adversity and got together and got married and they but now these factors keep keeping them apart and it's like they're not like a great love story that finally they got together they're not the luke and laura of the show it's like you were married you were barely married the first time then got divorced for a bs reason then you like got with somebody else and then he got killed, and then you married his murderer. Like, <laughs> you know, I know this is like soap opera 101, but it's like they weren't like finally these two got together, and you know, we've been waiting so long. It's like you keep yeah, making, I mean, dumb they've basically, decisions. yeah, they've basically been a couple for less than 12 months, and they're already married twice. <laughs> There's not really finally involved. But that's how they keep acting throughout the episode. They're like, they do, they do, because you don't like yeah. pay attention to the past. You just focus on how you want to have the, your characters, you know, like be the narrative in the moment. But of course, you're right. Um. Oh God. And, and, um. um so Michael is there with that new secretary and they're talking about kids and she's like getting to know him and and she's like, do you have any kids? And he's like, no, I hate them. And she's like, yeah, I hate them too. Um, she's like, we should get out of here and go to the beach. And then pregnant Taylor shows up and she's like, oh, hey, how are you guys? Did you know that Michael is the father of my child? <laughs> I know, but, but good old Carrie doesn't even blink. She looks pissed and then she, she's like, well, he's a doctor, so I'm not leaving yet. Um, yeah, or maybe like she's really like, hey, weird. he's my boss, so I'm not leaving yet. But um, separately, Megan is there, and she's talking to Coop about how, I think it's like verbatim the same line about how I don't know how we can turn our backs on Lexi. Um, and Coop is like, I only want to be married to you. Um, and yes, they use lots of Dave Cause in the background as well during all of this. Um, and Coop is just like, <laughs> I'm scared because the last time I was in a loveless relationship, loveless marriage to Lexi, uh, I turned to Kimberly. Um, and so he agrees to marry Lexi, but he's like, any sign of her doing fishy stuff, I'm out of there. And Megan's like, great. Like, Megan is rooting for this marriage now more than he is. Yeah, and this and once again though, they're doing the thing where they're setting up like this whole thing about Lexi being like underhanded and manipulative and wanting Coop back, right? Yeah. But when mm-hmm. we saw her at the very beginning, uh, when she was divorcing Coop, she couldn't wait to be done with him. She hated yeah. oh, him. She hated she him. To be rid of him. You know, yeah. and so I don't see where this manipulative Lexi is like, he's like, she's going to manipulate her way back into my life and she's going to try and like make a pass at me. Like, where is this coming from? Because that's actually not the Lexi that we saw with Peter. It's that's not. not that's and not this her. is coming from them completely rewriting her character for the remainder of the show. That's okay. where it's coming from. Oh, it's okay. not consistent. It's not consistent with how they have introduced or portrayed her up to now. Okay. Okay, good. Just checking. So, yeah, you are not wrong. Um, and then I think we see, so then we finally leave the wedding and we catch up to the, or the reception and we catch up to the people who were not there. Um, first Jennifer and Billy, (laughs) Billy for the first time in the episode, I believe. And, um, so they're like making out in the pool and Sam comes home and of course immediately walks into the complex and sees them. And instead of just like not saying anything and going home, she's like, really are you guys trying to rub my face in this and it's like why are you mad you all live in the same apartment complex you know this is gonna happen oh um, so you cheated on him first well that's exactly it i can i keep she keeps like whining about this and i'm like you started oh, this what what you have a boyfriend yeah. you you cheated and you have a boyfriend go away what are you doing yeah it's well, not even like it backfired and she's left single and they're a couple because she goes immediately to the phone at home and calls her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I'm so upset about Billy. And, and it's like, what? Yeah. What? But it turns out Billy is now going to move into Sam because, what, what was No, move into Jennifer's. I mean, move, move into Jennifer's because um, guy needs his space. Yeah. <laughs> so I, guess, I guess what happened yeah. is Sam got used to the fact that she didn't have to see Billy once they broke up because Billy was living outside of Melrose Place with Guy. And I guess Guy oh, got was. tired of playing the odd couple 
with Billy and is like, leave. And so what's Billy to do? So he's moving back into Melrose, into Jennifer's apartment. And Sam is now upset that she's going to have to see Billy again, which like they're already still working together. So she was going to be seeing him all day anyway. But now it's the double whammy of him and Jennifer that's upsetting her, which, again, to your points, she started it. She cheated first. We should have seen Billy live with Guy. Yeah. We didn't get to see that, and I think that would have been great. I would have rather seen know, that. They don't know what to do with Billy. They don't know what to do with Guy. <laughs> I mean, that would have been the best oh if they just moved someone like who's been on like the periphery of the canvas in as a major player. As opposed to like this whole convoluted thing like, well... I slept with Kimberly in Cleveland after she came out of her coma, and now I'm here. Like, no, just just move on down the block. Yeah, yeah. And let's get let's get let's give Guy a little more screen time. Yeah, boy, that may or may not happen. All right, now here comes the really stupid part where <laughs> um, Michael and Carrie are driving, and I oh. guess he's about to get lucky while he's driving. I don't know. It was like so dumb and so well, it's so dumb. But so they have us primed to think, oh, my God, is it going to be Kimberly 2.0? Is he going to get in another car accident with another woman? And he doesn't. And he doesn't because a car nearly runs them off the road. Yeah. Um, they pull over. Michael starts screaming at the guy. And the guy's like, well, you're in my way and I need to get to the hospital. My wife's having a baby. And then Michael's like, stand back. I'm a doctor. Well, no. Isn't it more like he wants nothing to do with this? Yeah. But Carrie is like, hey, he's a doctor. He can deliver her baby for you. Yeah, okay, it was something like that. I wish they had just gotten into a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have been spared all this shit, yes. Like, this is just so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of inexcusably dumb. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so basically, Michael's going to deliver a baby. Um. And we were, then we go back to Megan and Coop who come to Lexi's in the middle of the night after the, from the wedding reception with their decision. Um, so Lexi is relieved and Coop emphasizes that it's just about the money. He's like, this is a marriage on paper only for one year. And Lexi's like, great, thanks. So looks like maybe that's going to be okay. We think. Maybe. And it's going to be, and I have in my notes, another Melrose wedding. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so then we return to Michael, who is, like, finishing delivering this baby. And and it looks like, okay, maybe the first part of the episode was set up for this. And, like, the miracle of childbirth is setting in, and it's turning things around for him, kind of like it's turned things around for Taylor. Um, and then we cut to commercial. We return from commercial. He comes home, and he steps on like baby toys which are strewn all over the beach house and he's like super grumpy and really like arguing with Taylor and it seems to still again not be into fatherhood. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Also, why is the place why are there baby toys strewn all over the floor? I don't know cuz there's no baby, there's no child. It's just a 30 something adult. So, why are there like, it's almost like, Alyssa, you'll appreciate this. It's almost like she's Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, just, like, <laughs> leaving all of the little cars and toys everywhere to, like, booby trap the place. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. Well, now we're going to get back to work because we're going to the ad agency. Amanda's back at the <laughs> I That's always my favorite. I love the scenes in the ad agencies. <laughs> yeah. And so Jeff shows up. I guess he, he didn't he didn't call poor Sam back after her message. He showed up at the no, office the next no, day. He got your message. Was worried. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would have loved it if he was like, it was, you know, like, too late to make a call. Or if it was like, didn't have the minutes left on my phone or whatever. But no, he's just like, no, nah, I just uh, slept on it and came in and saw you the next morning. <laughs> so here he and is at work <laughs> and and she's like oh i'm i'm just this emotional roller coaster and blah 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 and I'm, I'm so sorry and then they kiss but billy walks by when she kisses him and so she's got her eye on billy mm -hmm. and jeff senses that because he's got eyes in the back of his head whatever he's got and he basically <laughs> is like you know i can't i can't do this with you anymore you're either you're you're still hung up on him or whatever he said 
Oh, it's either Billy or me. I think he said he gave he was that. I don't know. No, that well, was I don't know. If, that. I don't. No, I no. don't know if he. No, I don't know if he says. I don't know if he takes it that far. But that leads to the next thing. So yes. we pause on Sam and Jeff and Billy for a sec, and then we go to Amanda on the phone with Kyle in her office, and he's like, "I can't do a romantic night tonight." She was going to do champagne and caviar, but this is where we find out that's the food critic who was at the same night as the reception was such a hit gave them such a rave that it led to this on-camera tv interview that he's going to be doing instead but before they can really talk more about this samantha storms into amanda's office with an ultimatum she's like i can't do this anymore it's billy or me and amanda's and like what, you're fired <laughs> yeah amanda's like here's some reasons why i'm team billy and then Sam's like, I can't believe you would say that. Don't you remember I saved your life? And she's like, yeah, that's old news. Um, yeah. he, she's like, he's the one who like deals with all the clients and has all the seniority. So if I have to choose, it's going to not be you. And Sam like storms out. Quite frankly, I'm shocked the writers remembered that Samantha saved her life. Yeah, that's an excellent point, too. <laughs> I just hate Sam so much. Me too. Uh, me too. Me yep. I'm I always go over. I'm like, get her off the show. She's always like, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we have like actually a nice little scene between Megan and Coop on the beach. And it's sort of like, it's almost like Coop's going to prison and it's their last <laughs> night together. Yeah. And they're having a picnic on the beach, you know. And he pulls out these like, these his parents' and uh, wedding rings. And he's like, these are my parents. And I got them after they died and they mean so much to me and I'm only going to give them to you. And so, and so I guess they put on these wedding rings to like symbolize that they're it's together. Like promise rings, not. right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like promise rings. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was all just like very nice and very sweet. And it was like, oh, yes, that's what we think. That's what we pause think. on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. So before that, so we go, go to Kyle's. Kyle's. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Take it away. So first of all, the TV interview is with Good Day LA. And the, yeah. and it was really funny because when Amanda was on the phone with Kyle and he's like, it's Good Day LA, I can't say no. And she's like, they film in the morning. And he's like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And that's why I was kind of like, maybe this is Peter. Because like now, sort of mm -hmm. like pulling the strings okay. and getting Good Day. Like he's a hell of a publicist and he's getting good at, Good Day LA there. And, you know, and he's saying, oh, no, it has to be the evening segment to keep them apart. You know, anyway, I just, but, um, but anyway, Good Day LA is there at Kyle's interviewing Kyle. And Amanda shows up and interrupts the interview. Yeah, with semi-short-lived celebrity Jillian Barbary, who was there doing that. Oh, that's um, who that was. I forgot yeah. about her. So have many. Yes. But, but um, yeah. And she's like, I just got to take him away for a minute. And um, and Jillian's like, five minutes, that's all we've got. And then she drags him <laughs> into his office. And she's like, I've had a bad day. And, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, she's all, so she's all sensitive all the time now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he's like, well, babe, I'll make good day. I'll let wait. And they start making out on the couch. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he starts to, like, go to town. And she's like, didn't you say, she just gave us a five-minute break. He goes, she's professional. She'll wait. And it's like, all right, cute. Okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Knock yourselves out. Okay, now the, now we're at the big, the, the, the wedding. The big wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge, yeah. Yeah, at the office, at Lexi's office. <laughs> yeah, because Megan and Cooper are like, you just show up at the office tomorrow night and we'll make all of the plans, which arguably like weren't much, but yeah. Yeah, so they've got like a judge and Megan and the lawyer with the, the codicil lawyer there um, standing up for the couple. And so um, Coop marries Lexi and the judge says something like, uh, and now you know, we'll present the rings or whatever the hell it is that they say. About yeah. them. And this is the and scene that goes crazy. One minute. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to Megan and he's like, I need the ring. The rings that he gave her and did not tell her he'd be prying off her hand 24 hours later and be putting on Lexi for the next year. <laughs> and I was like, like, what the hell? I know. I was like, he's so stupid. <laughs> Like, why he's so stupid? And poor 
Megan looks devastated. Yeah, and of tears in her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And the judge is like, you may kiss the bride. And they kiss. And Megan looks at the floor. And then the lawyer is like, comes forward. And, you know, they're now legally married. The lawyer comes forward and he's like, okay, I've got the codicil. We need to do. We need to go over the terms one more time. And basically, which I don't think we knew this beforehand. We didn't. No this is new information. No one's allowed to live in the household with them. It's only the two of yeah, them. It's, yeah, so, it's the two of them. Yeah, they're like according to the rules, no one can live with them, and uh, or you risk being prosecuted with fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I thought this was really interesting because one of the things I think that they had mentioned earlier on in the episode, I think maybe Coop had said that, was that like Megan would be living in the house. He did, with, yeah. Like they would all be living together. And and now it looks like that's not going to happen. No, and, and Megan is uh, in tears and, and, you know, Coop has been very stoic, but she's like about to cry. Um, and then Lexi shows her true yeah. colors and she's like, I need to go in for another kiss now. So it really does seem like Megan has lost poop. Yeah. It doesn't look good for Megan. Uh, it doesn't. And this is where they leave us. Yeah. And that's the episode. So we are going to speed on over to Hollywood Boulevard because we have another very special guest who. It's like a double date. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a double date, and that special guest does not want to stay up too late, so we've got to, like, speed on over. So, happy holidays, guys. Hope you are doing your best to stay healthy and sane um, during these crazy continuing times. Thanks for joining us, Alyssa. And um, you can see all three of us and another surprise guest moving on over to the boulevard. Till then, uh, we wish you well. See you next week when we are back on the block. Bye. Bye.